You're listening to Fox on the Wire Podcast. Hey folks, Acoustic Fox here. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I've released a brand new music video for my song called Over Me. I shot this video with Joel from Electric Circus Studios, who I had on the podcast here a few weeks ago for episode number 10. So I'd love you to to go check out the video, let me know what you think, hope you like it, and uh, sorry it's been a few weeks since the last podcast episode. I guess I've been pretty busy, but I'm going to try and make this a more regular thing to uh, keep the episodes coming more regularly. All right, so today's episode is with Frank Bell. I hope you like it. Go and check him out. He's awesome, and uh, we'll catch you again soon. All right, here we go again for another episode of Fox on the Wire, episode number 17. Welcome back, everybody. Um, My guest today is a young musician named Frank Bell. I first met him when I joined Poppet Head Records, a Bendigo-based record company. Uh, First time I saw him play, uh, I was kind of blown away because I'm like, how does does a young guy sing like that? And uh, he was playing the shit out of the guitar as well. So uh, welcome, Frank. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. No worries. Uh, yeah, so I think obviously we haven't known each other that long. I've only sort of been part of Pop It Head for a few months now. Um, but uh, all you guys that are already on the label, so you, Bill, Sparrow, Steph, uh, are very talented. So what's going on down there in Bendigo or up there in Bendigo? There's just not much else to do no. apart from play music. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Plenty of time to, to practice and write and uh, work on your craft. Uh, yeah, you guys are really talented. I was, I've been blown away every time I've seen you play. So uh, I think I first saw you at Radio Bar in Fitzroy, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah we played that show, the Poppet Head Showcase or... or I think that's what it was. Artist showcase, I think. Um, yeah. That was sort of the first uh, puppet head thing we've like the first thing that the the puppet head label has put on. Um, and it, was, it was a good show. It was yeah. Uh, we had a reasonable crowd and everyone seemed to sound all right. Mm. Yeah, so. I, th- I think I walked in and you, I think your your set had already started, um, and you were playing a bit of guitar. And then you started singing. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> where yeah. do you where do you pull that voice from? Uh, <laughs> it's, well, I guess it's mostly a lot of um, you just sing it from your gut, and like people sort of. I've never been one to shy away from uh, being loud when I'm on stage. A lot of the rest of the time, I'm not as loud uh, or in your face, uh, but I get on stage and. I guess I kind of just want to be the center of attention when I'm there. So that's the idea, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like I I feel like I do all right at that. Sometimes um, it's just something like I, I it's something that I I guess I heard uh, the likes of Tom Waits and Nick Cave and mm. you know a lot of the old blues guys sort of sing like that and went oh people can actually sing like that. Uh, that's that's something that I want to do. So mm. I worked on it for years and mm. um, to a point sometimes it still surprises me when it comes out. It sort of, is, you know, even I go, oh, well, where's that voice come from sometimes? Yeah. But Do you find you blow your voice out a lot after every gig? Like have you got a, does it sort of last for half an hour then it's shot or? I oh, like, I always come off stage and my voice is always tired. That's because I train. Like whenever I come off stage, my voice is tired. That's because uh, when I'm up there, I try and put on the best show and, mm. and put in um, as much effort and energy to it, to my performing and, and to my songs as I as I can. Yeah. But it's uh, it doesn't very often. It's not very often. It, I get off stage and it actually hurts, or I can't talk, or mm. something. I I use a very reasonably similar technique to a lot of a lot of what the um metal singers use and stuff so 
it's not as like not as harsh in my voice as it might sound right okay so it's an actual technique that you learnt or was were taught or did you sort of develop it yourself um oh well, i was taught a, a certain amount i was taught the theory of it but i had to you know i was spent a lot of time practice it's a lot of time practicing because you're actually using almost the secondary sort of vocal cords more than your normal vocal cords ah is that your um, false folds yeah i think so is that, i think jimmy barnes yeah jimmy jimmy barnes also has a very right. similar way of singing okay but obviously i think he's a few well he he was a few octave octaves higher i don't know mm. these days yeah um but I'm, I'm always i am actually interested to see how it'll go as I get older, because yeah. most people drop a few octaves and I'm already lower than most people. Yeah, even in your yeah. speaking voice. I guess it's so, quite yeah. low. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I remember hearing that about Jimmy Barnes and I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting. And I don't think he, like, his voice is pretty, you know, pretty much made of steel. And I don't think he ever lost it much at all, really, from what I heard. Uh, I, I haven't listened to a lot of him lately. I mean, so I I don't really know. But mm. um, yeah, from from what I've heard, his voice is still holding out reasonably okay. So mm. it's it's changed a lot. I think over his career, and I think he just screams a lot more now. But I think yeah, during well, gigs and stuff, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he drank a lot too, so must have held up all right for him. Yeah. Um, and your guitaring work, um, what sort of tuning do you play in? I noticed it was sort of a low sort of tuning. I don't know. You're asking me. I had all my secrets first up. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> too I, quick. Yeah. Um, no, I, I st- most of the time, like it depends on what guitar I'm playing really. Uh mm. Like my two main guitars I use when I'm playing my own stuff are tuned to uh, like D standard and, you know, occasionally I drop down into like drop C or, or mm. open C tuning. And uh, so I like that almost barit- like almost baritone sound, but not quite. Um, it seems to, you know, like make the whole... Like it, when I do it properly, when I do it right, it, it and it sounds really good. It um, it makes the whole, it almost makes the whole room rumble and and mm. um, I guess it's just a matter of uh, like I spent way too long messing around with a lot of my guitars trying to figure out what sounds good in what tuning. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, I work my voice around my guitars mm. and work my songs around what guitar i'm playing yep um when you rocked up today you were telling me about the well you brought your old maton with you today and gonna play for us a song for us later but um yeah tell us about the the old maton acoustic uh my old maton she's pretty beat up at the moment like she needs a good uh reef might even need a refret i don't know but it uh when I brought her, it was about 10 years old. And she has... I actually brought it with my uh, first paycheck for my first festival. Nice. Because, you know, the first festival I played was... I think it was... Yeah, it was Muldura, um, For the Go On A Run Custom Culture Rockabilly Festival. And I uh, went up there and... Like Hot Rod and Rockabilly Festival. I went up there and played. Uh, and I just had my old Monterey, which was doing really good for the time and um it just sort of gave out and like i cracked the top of it and part way through the gig it was sort of like i thought it was a battery so like sound died and i thought it was a battery and it sort of um so i replaced that you know part way through the show and then it wouldn't work again so i ended up just putting a microphone in front of it finishing the gig but as soon as i got home I went and brought a uh, my mate and off. Well, it was an old uh, the fellow who had it before. Before I did was an old busker. 
but I brought it off. Um, he had traded it in at a music shop in Bendigo there. Mm. Uh, music Man, which is no longer there, but um, mm. when they were still a music shop, uh, I brought it off Paul there and I took it to Finn Matthews to, like I had a bit of a bow in the belly. Neck was a little bit out of place, so he fixed that up for me. It was a real treat. Like, played it, you know, played as good as a new one really mm. and um i haven't done too much to it since of course being in lower tu- like lower tuning it's sort of set a little bit differently to what most are so like mm. heavier strings and um slightly less because there's slightly less tension on the neck they you know the, from the strings it sort of needs a slight bit like slight a little bit less um tension in the neck in general so it uh it's a little bit different to the standard one but it's a little bit old school still got the ap4 in it and just goes everywhere and plays pretty much anything i want it to Mm. and she's really uh been a great guitar uh but getting on a little bit old side now so i might retire her one day just so she doesn't fall to bits and i can play her when i want to write a song or yeah uh something like that i don't think it'll uh go well on airplanes so if i have to yeah. travel somewhere i might it'll be something i'll probably have to upgrade mm. but for now it's doing really good and it sounds really it makes me sound good so it's gonna keep playing, you know, keep coming to most of my gigs and playing songs for me. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty well loved. Yeah, um, got to real hiding. Yeah, like I was saying, yeah, you know, when you when you came earlier, um, it's like with the acoustic guitars, the older they get, as long as you sort of look after them, um, the better they sort of sound every year. And, yeah, um, they really wear in. Especially the matins, like, yeah, they just they wear in and they just uh, sound better and better. Yeah, yeah, they all like. I guess it's something to do with the how it sort of wood sort of cures a bit more. Obviously, yeah. when you still get a new guitar; it's still sort of settling into itself. And um, yeah, this particular guitar does sound really good in in lower tunings. So, like mm. a lot of matins handle it reasonably well yeah but uh yeah it's um they just seem to wear in and, and sound better every year so what have you got this one tuned to uh this one ooh, at the moment it should be it should be d but i think it might be in drop c because uh the last song i played last night was in drop c so which is pretty low for a acoustic guitar yeah it's getting down like it's it's kind of funny when it, when you talk to when i talk to some of the metal dudes i've like i've played a few shows and um where i get to open up and play before a metal band and they they're all talking about low tunings and uh oh yeah we play in drop c or open c and i'm like oh so do i yeah <laughs> yeah i used to play a little bit used to play drop c in um one of my earlier bands or actually a few of my earlier bands um mm. you know it was good to write the heavy sort of riffs with um i've got an open c uh tuning that i use on one of my acoustics um but yeah usually i play sort of standard e flat but i think the lower you from what i've been told um the lower you tune your acoustics um it's sort of harder to get the right balance on the uh, on the fretboard and stuff, like with the nut. Yeah. Um, well, you take your guitar to someone who knows what they're looking at and tell yeah. them what you want to do, and yeah, um, they can generally sort of work around that a bit. Yeah, more, but but I don't think they're really built to sustain lower tunings, from what I've being told but it doesn't mean you can't do it Mm. so because i mean standard tuning is pretty boring really isn't it oh i guess i don't mind it it suits some music yeah 
it really, for, to be honest, it really depends on who I'm playing with and what guitar mm. I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something nice about a, a lower tuned. I, I just find the E flat, um, even though it's not huge, it's not a, it's not that far from standard tuning, but it just gives it a, a nicer edge and it suits my voice a bit better, I think, mm. like you were saying. I did find it, like, I, I it's sort of, yeah, that weird thing of... Um, I'm not really sure why a lot of guitars, like why E is the standard to go off for a lot of guitars because a lot of people sort of struggle to sing in the key of E. Mm. Um, like a lot of people I've met anyway. Yeah. It's normally either yeah, a little bit lower, E flat, or or they go higher, and like A or, or G is a lot of a key for a good key for a lot of people. Mm. It's a good question. I've got no idea. Mm. Um, uh, what was that guitar you were using at the radio bar uh, when I first saw you? It was electric guitar. You, I think you said Bill's dad, Bill Barber's dad built it or something oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, the um, big stainless guitar. Mm. Oh, it's not really, it's short scale. Uh, it's sort of based off a um, like an old resonator, but it's... Uh, it doesn't have a cone in it and it so it's just got like a I don't even know what sort of it's a humbucker of some sort at the on the bridge mm. um, I think it's just a Korean humbucker and a p90 in the in the neck pickup out of a uh, it's a it's a Gretsch lap steel pickup which gives it um, the ability to have a, a brilliant warm sound or a, or a chunky like meaty like, sort of you know humbucker sound at the back mm. uh, I was playing that for a fair while I still continue to play it it's just um, I've only really been bringing it out for because I've just started playing uh, put my own music to a band mm. so the plan is obviously use that more for for a band than than the acoustic. Not that the acoustic wouldn't do it. It just seems the a little bit easier to do it with an electric. No yeah. one has the sound I like. So yeah, like Bill's dad, uh, Steve Barber. He um, he built that as a prototype, basically. Right. And um, I think it was actually the second one he did. The first one he did his own, like the, he he built the neck on that all himself. Yeah. And like if you know anything a little bit about guitars, it's actually wired a little bit backwards, but I mean, it still works, so it's not really an issue. Mm. Um. But it's it's a really good guitar, and it's it uh, it's quite nice. Like it's it's sort of pretty different to play because it's sort of set up like an acoustic, but sounds more like an electric. Um, it came to me it was actually like I played it for a few years I was supposed to be sort of uh, I guess you'd say endorsed by Steve when he's building and selling trying to build and sell a few guitars he, he built a lot he built a few a fair few better guitars than that one but um, that one was my favourite and I recorded uh, White Horse on that one and I can't. No, I did. I did a um, Riverside on my acoustic here. Oh yeah, but is that yeah. the finger picking one? That I yeah yeah, yeah okay. But uh, yeah, I sort of played it for years, and then for a few years, and he was sort of endorsing me. I was supposed to sell it for him, but uh, a <laughs> kept lot, it. I kept it. <laughs> um, and then for my, I ended up giving it back to him for a little bit, and it sat in a shed for a few years, uh, for a year or two, and then. Um, I was around there one day and I noticed it was still just sitting in the shed. So I picked it up and played it. And um, about a, month, a couple of months later, he ended up tell, he ended up giving it to me as a 21st birthday present. Oh, awesome. So um, I'll keep playing that guitar. That guitar's not going anywhere. Mm. Like, it'll never... I don't think it'll ever be anyone else's guitar. Look pretty solid. Like, yeah, and it lasts forever. Oh yeah, you don't want to drop it on your toes. Either. Is it heavy? Uh, or like a resonator, sort of heavy. 
Yeah, I guess about the same weight as a resonator, yeah. maybe like a little bit heavier than a, a um, than your Gibson Les Paul. Mm. But it's uh, it's not the sort of guitar you want to take to a to a gig where you got to play a couple of hours. But yeah, um, I mean, I guess it, it builds up my muscles and <laughs> makes yeah, me stronger for sure. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely not the heaviest guitar yeah. Steph ever built either. He he built a, a, a Les Paul style guitar and completely out of brass, like brass sheet. Right. And it weighed about uh, I think it's I think it came in about ten pounds. Yeah. So I don't know what that equates to in no um, neither metric, but it's it's still pretty pretty darn heavy. Yeah. Wow. What tuning have you got that one in? That was pretty low tuning. Is that drop C? Uh, that one, yeah, is normally... Uh, actually, normally... It depends on what show I'm playing. It's uh, normally, like... Um, yeah, open C, or sometimes I tune it to B. Um, if I need that extra baritone feel for a song or two... But, um, yeah, mostly it's in D or, or C. Mm. So what sort of gauge strings would you put on that for that sort of tuning? That normally play, I normally put, uh, I put flat wounds on it, so I very rarely put strings on it. Mm. Um, but I think last time I put strings on it, they were 12 or, I think they were 12 gauge um, flat wounds. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems to suit flat wounds and it gives it the ability, not that I'm great at slide, but it gives it the ability to play uh, really nice slide stuff. So yeah, it's something I'll work on and hopefully I'll be able to play some really nice slide stuff on it and showcase that Yeah, for Steve. Cool. Um, but it's it's a bit of a different guitar. It's one that a couple of people, let it, I don't very often let other people play it when I mm. do a lot of them. I don't know if they don't particularly like it, but it's it's just not their style of guitar. It's a it's a different one to play. Looks like style and stuff, and it yeah, definitely probably wouldn't it, suit anyone else. <laughs> it, yeah, it suits me. It's yeah, like that guitar. As soon as I played it, like um, I think I gave it to Jeff Atchison to play before me. Oh yeah, and he didn't like it. And then when I first played it, we. It took a little bit of adjusting. Of course, like when someone builds a guitar, uh, you can always take it back to them and they can do fine-tune, you know, sort of fine-tune it. And um, the neck was a little bit a little bit fat and a little bit round. It was really good for slide stuff. Like it was perfect, like really perfect for lap slide. Um, but we sort of shaved the neck down a little bit more. And uh, it's... Yeah, I think I think that's made it pretty much perfect. I don't really want to do too much else to it. Yeah. Uh, apart from maybe polish it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep it looking pretty. Yeah, very shiny. So were you born and raised in Bendigo? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I, I was I was born in Bendigo. I, I spent about six years growing up over, uh, when I was a small child over near, um, uh, over at Kyabram near Shepparton. And um, it was a good little town to grow up in. Uh, but then, yeah, when I was sort of just before high school, we moved back to Bendigo because um, most of most of my parents' families are over there, and uh, it's sort of where they're from. So we ended up back there, and it was uh, I guess I was kind of lucky because that's where a lot of my um, music came from yeah it's from Bendigo so it looks like you travelled down to Melbourne quite often to play some gigs you got a f- yeah um, you're playing with Cat O tonight actually at a yeah, whole lot of love the, the Cat O army I'm supporting uh, it's uh, their single launch um, or their video music like music video and single launch for their song uh uh, what is it? Garage Girl, I think it is. Yeah. 
and um yeah I'm really I'm really excited for that I love playing a whole lot of love bar mm, yeah and um Kat and I actually work together a little bit in a band kooky carrots yep so it's always nice to catch up with Kat yeah I haven't seen her for a little while um she's on my short list to to hit up and hopefully come on the podcast here so I'll tell her she's got to call in yeah yeah it's probably prompted me to to get onto her next, I reckon. So shout out to Kat. Haven't seen her for a little while. Um, so yeah, hope tonight goes well. But by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be last night. So yeah, because <laughs> we're not going live. So yeah, yeah. So I hope tonight goes well for everyone. Yeah, I think it should do. It's always a pretty good show. At, um, there, a whole lot of love. I've played, yeah. there, I've played that bar a few times, and it's um, yeah. A really good sound system and uh yeah nice stage uh and bar staff are always nice and so are most of the patrons so uh i quite enjoy going there yep so who else is on the lineup oh now you're asking the hard questions mm-hmm. um the Caddo army yep. uh i can't remember who else is on oh um i'm sure they're good uh, absolutely but are you opening the night yeah yeah i'm on it um i'll be on at seven mm. or seven thirty okay and uh, uh you know sort of warm up it's a bit more of a, a punk based night apart from myself uh which, i mean i i feel like i get a bit of the punk attitude but it's not necessarily punk music mm. but um yeah i don't mind I quite enjoy the music, so... Yeah. you got a few things going on there, though. you got a bit of blues, rockability... Sorry, rockabilly. Uh, grass, sort of American vibe with your stuff, so you could probably slot into to most lineups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I... Like, I guess when I play in solo, I play in a few different bands, and one of them happens to be a punk band. So, um... I guess it's like a, a, a bit of a certain aspect of the punk um, attitude seeps its way into my own music. Yeah. Uh, I think that's more the, the play it loud and, and uh, don't give a damn about what anyone else says. Mm. Um, and, and so that's what, but yeah, so uh, I, I get put on with a few different punk bands, even solo and, um, it always seems to go down pretty well. Sort of show those punk dudes how to do it. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> well, a few times I've played in Bendigo, sort of before I met all you guys at Pop Head. I used to play at um, Music Man a lot. And they'd have yeah. like big lineups, you know, maybe five or six acts for the night. So I'd find myself maybe opening or second on. And then you'd have these metal bands and punk bands on later. It was just a weird lineup but i think as a solo i mean yeah depending what you're playing but i felt like i got away with it yeah most of the time you go from one extreme to another music man was always nice yeah i should say always nice but it was always um open to pretty much anything yeah um it was kind of where i like one of the places i cut my teeth in performing like um I did lessons there for a little while when there was still a music shop uh, when I was young. Like, I, well, to be honest, I spent most of the time just sitting in the in the practice room with my teacher and would just end up jamming. But, um, you know, learned a lot of stuff there. And then uh, when they started, when they opened it up as a music venue as well, the upstairs part, mm. I asked them for a show and, and um, Paul sort of said, well, if you can come back with it's sort of half hour 40 minutes worth of music i'll give you a spot yeah and that's what i did uh went there played my own show uh played my first band show there with um like my very first band uh we it was terrible really but we uh <laughs> yeah learned a lot of stuff about like i learned a lot about performing and, and um honing my skills there that in the golden vine but um sort of yeah a little bit sad that uh music man's not there anymore but at the same time all good things must come to an end and it sort of made me 
take a bit more of a step towards going like coming down here to Melbourne a bit more. Yeah, I think the best thing about or one of my favourite things about music, man, was the um, the sound system on the second level there. Uh, always had a great sound, and Paul behind the desk, you know, he knew what he was doing. So yeah, it was always a great sound, whether you were solo or or bands. Even bands sounded great there. Yeah, I mean, it was always loud. I always liked that. But um, yeah, they had the the sound system was on the like we they had one on the they opened up. Uh, ground floor as a stage as well and middle level and occasionally the top level was open but most of the time it was just used for storage or practice and um it was just a good, good place to play it was a good place to uh play loud um and there was always something different on there always yeah punk metal yeah, punk, Solo. metal, blues. Like uh, yeah. Bill and I used to play there a fair bit, um, uh, and even Steph. Mm. Uh, she didn't play there as much, but uh, still a fair bit. Yeah. Um, sort of. It was a. It was a good place for just about anyone. Like if, if you played something, as Paul would give you a shot, and or the music man would give you a shot and um, let you play. Uh, and it was always, you know, it was a good place to try new songs or, or, or just play in general. Mm. But um, yeah, all, my, all, all good things must come to an end, I guess. Yeah. So what's in that building now? Is it just nothing at the moment? Nothing, man. Oh, they're doing renovations in there, and I can't see what's going in, and I haven't heard oh, anything. Yeah. So it's quite a big place, like with the three levels. It's quite yeah. a big space. It was. It was. It was um, and it was it was always good because like, you could sort of most of the time you could um, if you were really committed you could uh, sort of bounce between the two you know bounce between the floors and and catch a bit of everyone but it also if you didn't want to run up and down the stairs all night like just find your place at the at the bar and yeah um, whatever you would hear most of the time it was like most of the time at worst it was pretty okay so mm. uh, it was. Um, it's it's a bit of a uh, it's sort of I've noticed lately that the um, Bendigo music scene's taken a little bit of a a, a dive, but it's mostly because we've only got one venue or oh, two venues left there at the moment, mm. Vine and Handlebar, yeah, right. and it's it's just hard it'll become really hard to get a gig, mm. uh, even for or well, not really hard hard to get a gig uh, if, even if you're reasonably established, yeah. Um, only because we haven't got the, the the capacity of venues at the moment, but hopefully, hopefully that turns around and uh, yeah, get to see some. There's always new bands, well coming out of everywhere, but uh, some new acts and some new bands. Hopefully, that you know, there's places they can go to get a chance to mm. play. At least the but, Golden Vine still still going you've obviously yeah. been playing there for a few years oh, i think there'll be a riot if the vine closes down. yeah <laughs> um yeah uh i've been playing there sort of obviously there and music man was sort of my first two yeah sort of gigs that i played and played regularly uh, the um when i started the tuesday night jams uh jam session at the vine was always it was my favourite point of the week, really. Yeah. Uh, it's now changed to Thursdays, the Musée night. But um, it's it's, it's uh, they've always provided a great place for uh, young upcoming artists to sort of mm. try try their stuff, uh, as well as you know, um, people who've played for years and. Um, I think they'll continue to do that. They've got music on there pretty much every weekend. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit of a struggle because there's only the one stage. There's only so many bands you can put on. Yeah. I really enjoy playing up there and making the drive up there. So I think um, we've got something with Poppethead Records just before Christmas up there, don't we? Like a, what is it, a keg night or something? Yeah, the music party. Um, yeah. Poppethead of taken over uh, sort of taken over the booking for this particular one normally um 
lately it seems like they've got just a, a promoter or a, or a, a label in um, sort of run the Thursday nights and give everyone a just sort of give um, give the music, different musos a chance or, or mm. uh, when it you know sometimes they still just do the old put the blackboard out and you put your name down yeah uh, and first comes first serves sort of basically so um but yeah the puppet i think we're doing that on the is it the nine yeah around 17 18 19 somewhere thursday night anyway yeah i think um yeah i'm looking forward to that i always love playing the vine Mm. i sort of thought about just trying to see if i can move in there yeah there's Uh, a nice little room behind the stage there yeah (laughs) the, the band room yeah um spend a hell's reading the graffiti on the walls and see all the bands that have come through yeah stickers and stuff yeah. um so how long have you been on puppet head records you're one of the originals i think yeah yeah i signed on very early um trevor trevor who's started it and runs most of it he he's a a good mate of mine mm. and um and a really good mate of my my partners so when he said he was starting up a label we jumped on uh, pretty well straight away and um I, f- I feel like i haven't taken full advantage of of what he's got on offer at the moment but i uh, i'll get there eventually he's mm. taking it slow um but it's uh it's been a really big opportunity for for myself anyway i, I don't know about you but for I, sure yeah i think it's been a good opportunity and he's helped me get my um my, the music i've already recorded on spotify and whatever i record in the near future mm. uh hopefully that'll go on spotify through puppet heads as well uh and we if anything it's just a a, a really good way to connect with um artists such as yourself and mm. uh, and um just sort of create something that outside of you know create a space to sort of share what we've already created in in, in a way um that's one of my favorite bits about it that would you know everyone there's a fair like, a fair variety of music on there on like a fair variety of, of people that have sort of signed on with puppet head so far and hopefully we'll get more yeah and uh, um it's just a good way to get out there and, and uh, work with, with more musos I've found so far. Yeah, well, like I said earlier in the in the show, there's some amazing talent on there already. You know, it was only a handful of artists, but I don't think I'd met any of you guys previous to, to joining. Um, I met Trevor at the Golden Vine um, and then we sort of started talking and... He asked me to join, and um, he obviously had to run it by all you guys. And we had a bit of a Skype meeting, and yeah. here we are. It was so, interesting. Yeah, I think we've still got you know a long way to go, lots to do. So I think we're only just getting started. So yeah, which which is really exciting. I was yeah for me where I'm at in my career, you know, I've been doing everything by myself for the last. Um, I guess almost 20 years so I've never really had sort of any sort of label support or anything like that so I'm kind of used to doing everything on my own but it's kind of kind of nice to be a part of something now yeah yeah uh, like the thing I really like about um, Puppet Heads is as much as it it's a what we call it like, we call it a record label and, and all that it's still really self-directed and um, yeah so you can you know you want to put music out um you like i mean it's it's on your own back but at the same time as much effort as you can put in yourself there'll be uh you know trevor tries his best to mm. to do just the same amount um to help you out and uh, he's helped me get my music like my uh white horse single um, on Spotify already, and uh, 
hopefully whenever I record stuff in the future, it'll go up on the, all the appropriate places uh, with help of Spotify, uh, with help of uh, Puppet Head. Yeah. And um, it's it's just a handy, it's been just as much of a handy uh, a networking device, uh, like networking mm. thing as it has been a record label. It's uh, brought me a lot of op- different opportunities that I've been slowly starting to act on. Yep. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, you got plans for recording next year? Yeah. I mean, I've had plans for recording the last couple of years, but I, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I'm really good at proca- procrastinating and uh, <laughs> changing my mind. Yeah. But I... That's have, one thing we've got in common. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have also wanted to um, organize myself a band, which I've, I've started doing now with... Um, with the with the like I've got uh, my best mate one of my best mates on drums and he's a brilliant drummer and uh, Brad and uh, Fiddy on bass and uh, Tony Olsen on violin cool. so it's going to be a violin and mandolin so it's going to be a little bit different um, nice a little bit different but hopefully not too different mm. um, and we're just starting to work together and uh hopefully polish up the songs i want to record i got to finish writing a few of the songs um and hope hopefully we'll hit the studio i think um now like i was wanting to do a really big production and um make it sound super schmick but i think at this point the way the band's been going and the way it sound like the way it sounds i think we might just wander into a a studio somewhere and um do it live yeah. i think like i still have to talk to the fellas about that yet the boys the band about that yet but um it's i don't know it just seems to be the way seems to be the way i work and um and that's what i did with uh riverside the b-side of white horse mm. and um I actually like that a lot better than I like White Horse. So we spent a bit of time uh, recording and layering White Horse because I did it all myself, oh, myself and Bill, yeah. Bill Barber. Um, but so I think I, I th- hopefully that'll be next year. It it might wait till after uh, my Boobin- after Boobin test to record because we're hopefully gonna record some stuff at the like before the end of this year we're squeezing it in um but i think i uh yeah but i think um my my own stuff will be the next year and i'll spend a bit of time so i can focus on it and and get it sound really good uh before releasing it out into the world so you got a few songs written in preparation for that yeah, yeah, there'd be a few with the band. There'll probably be a few solo as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't exactly decided, but I've got a I've got a rough idea, and it's going to be hopefully be a bit of a, a bit of a variety. Because uh, I'm like one thing that annoys me the most is hearing a hearing an album and all the songs sound the same, mm. and you just sort of go. Yeah, can they do anything else? Mm. So I uh, sort of want to put a bit of variety in there. Yep. Uh, spice it up a bit and um, make it, you know, sort of showcase what I what I can do and what my band can do. For sure. Because they're all, you know, they're all probably better players than I am, but they 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 work with me because uh, I think they like that I just organise stuff and write the songs for them. <laughs> Uh, did you get your app returns in this year? I, I mean, uh, oh, yes and no. I mean, they were they're <laughs> waiting, but I, um, so I got, uh, something that hasn't happened to me in previous years. They sent me an email and said, oh, you need to send us an ABN number because you've made more than $500. Oh, nice. And I went, you beauty. And then realized that the ABN number that I've been using and sending to people for a while now, uh, I've got it wrong at some point and I can't find the, the original one that's uh, 
So I've got to go and sort that out yet. Uh, um, the boring it's stuff. For me, but it's not in my hot little hands yet. It's like doing homework, isn't it? The um, APRA returns. But it's worth it when you get that check. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll definitely get onto your APRA. I, I relig- almost religiously like um, sort of a gig generally sort of two to three days a week. Mm. Normally, you know, obviously Friday, Saturday are the main days I try and get gigs on. Yep. I do more if I can, but, um, or if the gigs are there. But, uh, yeah, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, normally like my day off and I spend the day, get on the app where it takes me longer to log into my computer than it does to put the, uh, the reports through, but, oh, it takes me longer to log into the website than it takes me to sort of, actually get on like do the reports but yeah it's really really handy if you just set it up so you have it will only take you 15 minutes if you do it after every weekend you've only got two three like i if you like you put two or three shows in and um put your songs in and uh they'll pay you the money Mm. and I, I'm not sure about podcasts, but I know if you get played on radio, yeah. you uh, uh, you get something back from that as well, and um, or TV, and it's it's really handy. It comes in handy at the end of the year. I'm probably gonna, I've sort of spent the money before I've even got it. I want to go and buy a little. Um, I'll probably get my mate and sort of uh, set up again. Needs yeah. good service and. Uh, probably fix my basement amp and hopefully if I have enough left over buy a little recording interface to uh, do some like, so I can practice recording myself and yeah. be a handy little songwriting tool mm, cool well I better let you uh, get ready for your show tonight and head down to a whole lot of love um, did you want to take us out with a song today did you want yeah, to play sure a song thing, yeah. and finish off the show? Sounds good to me. Um, where can people find you online? Are you kind of everywhere? Yeah, most places. I think um, I'm not real great on social media, but I make an effort to post on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you can find me under, I think my, fa- my Facebook's just Frank Bell. Um, uh, there's a couple of different, I've learned there's a couple of different Frank Bells, but so I might have to go and amend that, but. I don't mean take him out, but I mean just change my name on, on there. But it's Frank Bell, uh, and I think Instagram's Frank Bell Music underscore six four. Uh, and there's stuff up on YouTube and SoundCloud and Spotify, and I believe it's on iTunes. There's White Horses on iTunes as well. Yep. Uh, so if you if you do so, please to find some of my music. There's um, there's plenty of it. there's a bit of it around. Yep, I'll chuck some links in the show notes as always, but uh, we've also got a Pop It Head Records um, playlist on Spotify and yep, sure I've got a Fox on the Wire playlist and I'll add your tunes to that with your permission, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for, for coming on today, Frank. Well, thank nice you to chat with you a bit more. We've only met a couple of times, so it's... Um, Nice to find out a bit more about you. And, um, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll we'll take the show out today with uh, with a tune from Frank. Uh, what are you going to play for us? Um, I think I might play. It's one of my own. Uh, Silver Spoon. I wrote it not long ago, and it's uh, it's become one of my favourite songs of late. So I like to play it whenever I can. Cool. All right. Well, I'll let you. Grab your guitar and um, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll, we'll take it out with a song from Frank. Love into a cigarette and then look 
bit hallway Didn't have all a silver spoon Tied my noose, I stood on a pedestal Do I fall? Do I walk away? Man and your walking cane Play your mandolin all day Did you meet what made on the moon? Oh, did you fly away? In half a silver spoon Tied my nose, I stood on a pedestal Do I fall? Do I walk away? Do I walk away? Tell my ghost story Did you find blood in my veins? Was it only all my pain? I was getting high of a silver spoon Tied my noose, I stood on my pedestal Do I fall? Do I walk away? Do I walk away? Do I walk away? 